welcome to a recording of a short Bible-based talk from Hope Church Worcester. If you're in the area and you'd like to visit us, we would love to see you. We meet in our building called the Granary, which is located in the centre of Worcester. So what I'm going to preach now really is the second bit of what Alex is... Uh... Uh, and Dee have just uh, shared about. I want to preach from um, what some people call the Great Commission in Matthew uh, 28 and uh, verse 16. So if you've got a Bible, perhaps you could turn to those. See you, Tom. Thanks very much for the worship. He's done a, he's done a double service this morning, so <laughs> you get some sort of reward. But you have to wait for it to heaven. I'm sorry. <laughs> so... Uh, Great. Just to say uh, uh, as well, well, we'll do a proper thank you maybe uh, next month, but uh, Alex is kind of part of the process of going is uh, handing things over. And that's, that's a cost, l- kind of letting go of uh, the Encounter Congregation and other teams. Really exciting to give things to another team. But it's also it's a bit of a tug to the old heartstrings, doesn't it? And, and in a similar way, Alex has been an elder for the last seven years or so. We can't quite remember, but it seems like forever. <laughs> when you're enjoying yourself, time goes fast. Um, but he's also laying that down at Christmas. But we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a proper, well, you can applaud now if you like, but okay, don't. So uh, <laughs> we'll, do a pro- we'll do a proper send off in that, in that regard. But uh, just to let you, that's just kind of more, more newsy. But anyway, the Great Commission, f- famous from Matthew 28, verse 16. Uh, we'll look at that for just a few minutes this morning. Uh, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And uh, it's great he says he's with us in that huge challenging task, isn't it? It's his, it's his, it's his presence that guarantees the promise. You know, so it's a huge task, but as a huge saviour, he promises to be with us. So, so just want to ask, the first question I want to ask this morning is, who is Jesus talking to today? Because I believe he says the same today to us as he did to those disciples way back when uh, in those days. And, and the first category might surprise you that he was talking to because he says in verse 17, he came to them and, and it was some who doubted. There were some who doubted, but Jesus came to them. Uh, literally, the, word, the, the phrase means they were kind of hung in suspense. They're kind of just hanging there we we might kind of use we might waver our hand a bit and say they were a bit ooh, they're a bit way they were they were a bit uncertain they were undecided wavering if you like weak in faith and i don't know if any of us want to put our hands up to that but we have moments don't we we have our moments as you're saying in our family uh we have moments where we're not totally sure moments where we were a bit hesitant in our faith maybe and and um they were i mean they were there weren't they so three cheers for them. They, 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 Jesus had told them to go um, to a mountain and they'd obeyed him. And, and here he was, the risen Lord Jesus. And they were going to a mountain and you might have thought, goodness, he was dead. We've now seen him raised to life. Surely you wouldn't have any doubts after that. 
You know, you might think that, mightn't you? I mean, they'd seen him dead, crucified, buried. Now he's alive, he's risen, he's appearing in rooms as if by magic. He's kind of suddenly there. You'd think, well, maybe you won't have any doubts, but that's kind of not human nature. Human nature's frail, and, and you don't have to be a, very, a Christian very long to know that we have moments of frailty. Moments where, like that man of all, we, we believe, but then we think, oh, Lord, but help my unbelief. <laughs> we're not always leaping problems in a single bound. We're not superhero Christians. We're just Christians. We're just people. We're frail in our flesh, but strong in the spirit. And so there are these people, and I don't know about you, I find that really encouraging. I, I do, because they were just ordinary people like us at the end of the day. People with their, occasionally with their worries, with their insecurities, with their, maybe their questions, their uncertainties. And yet they're, they're there, they love Jesus, but there's a few dots. <laughs> but, dot, 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 dot. And I, I think it's wonderful that Jesus includes all of us, all of them, all of us in his mission. I, I think it's great because Jesus' calling on your and my life is, is not postponed until we're all sorted. I used to think that. I don't know if you've ever thought like this. I'll be able to serve Jesus when? Alex was a bit saying a bit something like that, wasn't it? When I've got my degree. When I've, or when I've sorted this problem out. Or, or when I'm set up. Or when I'm independent. Or when, uh, when I stop getting headaches. When whatever it is. We can all have our dot, dot, dots. The trouble is our dot, dot, dots can go on till kind of our deathbed, really. The truth is that God says to all of us, you can all be included in my mission. You have your wavering moments, that's okay, I understand, but I'm commissioning all of us, my whole church, every believer, I'm commissioning all of you. And and the wonderful thing is, Jesus isn't put off by our sense of inadequacy. In fact, he knows it better than we do. We might sometimes think we're actually quite good, and he's, he's up there giggling, thinking, yeah, but I know the truth about you. Jesus is not put off by our inadequacy, he comes to us, and says, look, I've got a grand project. You can all be involved in it. I'm sending you all, I'm commissioning you all. We've all got an important part to play. So uh, I reckon most of us would put ourselves on the list of reasons to disqualify ourselves. Maybe we compare ourselves with others and they're a bit more talented or a bit more extrovert or a bit more something together. No, no, no. Don't write yourself off. We're all included in Jesus' plans for his church. Second group of people he came to were worshippers. It says, when they saw him, they worshipped. It's wonderful. You know, if you really see Jesus, how he really is, that's the response. You see him and you think, wow, I'm going to worship. In fact, it's one of the ways the New Testament writers make it clear that Jesus was claiming to be God, was that he received worship. Good men don't receive worship. No, 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 worship God, don't worship me. Miracle workers don't receive worship. No, you don't receive worship. You're kind of mad if you receive worship or you're God. And Jesus received their worship. I don't know if you're a worshiper. I looked up some uh, Hebrew words for worship this week and they're fascinating, absolutely fascinating. One of them is to embrace, to come towards to embrace. Do you do that when you worship? When we worship, we can come into the presence of God to our a Father who loves us and embrace him and receive his embrace. It's a, a, an intimacy of worship. Uh, another word for worship means to bow the knee. 
which is just as valid and just as important that we come to the King of Kings. He's our Father that we can embrace, but he's our Father in heaven. He's Almighty God. And so we come and bow the knee. We come and worship him as Lord of Lords, boss of our lives as well, Lord of the nations. And a third one is actually, literally, it means to twirl, to, to dance, to celebrate, to say, wow, you're fantastic. I don't know. I mean, we're a bit British here, so, you know, forgive us, African guys, please forgive us. Being, being, we're so European here. You know, an over-enthusiastic English person goes like this. And if he gets really excited, he goes... That's, that's kind of how, you know, you go to other nations and it's much more, the heart is much more shown. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. But that's one of the world's words for worship. It's one of the things we can grow in is to celebrate how wonderful God is. So he comes to worshippers because if you see that he died for your sins and he's been raised to life to give us hope, to declare us not guilty, all who trust in him, you can't do anything else but begin to worship him. And Jesus commissions them in, in this atmosphere of worship. It's a bit like what happened to Isaiah when he went into the temple in the Old Testament. He saw the Lord, the holy, holier, holiest God. And, and, and he was undone. He fell on his knees. I'm unclean. And there was forgiveness involved. And then in that context, that atmosphere of worship, God says, now, who's going to go? Who's going to go for us? And, and Isaiah says, I, I will. And that's, that's what's happening. They see Jesus for who he is. They worship him. And in that atmosphere of worship, God speaks as he speaks every time we meet here. But he, he speaks to one and another and says, now, this is what I'd like you to do. That's what I'd like you to do. And so he commissions them. And mission, the kind of thing Alex and Dee are doing, the kind of thing we're all doing, exists because there aren't enough worshippers yet. God is, God is worthy of all worship and all praise. But not everyone is giving him worship. And so his plan is that we go to all the nations and all our neighbours and the next place and the next person so that more people can worship him. And the third group of people is disciples. That's the one we usually start with. Eleven disciples went to the mountain Jesus told them to go to. Uh, my mum used to have some apostle spoons. I don't know if you've ever seen that. They're funny, funny for egg spoons. They're kind of probably in antique shops now. Your mum got some? Yeah. Yay, good. You're the only person here today that's admitted to having some apostle spoons. <laughs> but my mum used to have them and there'd be a normal teaspoon. On the top there'd be this kind of rather stiff metal apostle uh, with, a, with a ready breath glow around his head. That was the halo, I presume. Not sure they had those. But, um, and, uh, you know, Peter had a set of keys. I can't really remember the, the details. But, uh, but, but really, you know, they weren't stiff and starchy and they didn't have ready breath glows and they weren't stained glass window people. They were, they were these seven disciples, uh, 12 disciples, and um, some of them were doubting as well. So they were just people called by God. But disciple, the word means apprentice. Literally, I, I did a tour last week of, um, week four last, oh, I can't remember, recently, uh, of um, Abby Rigdick. She works at the cathedral. And I, I did a tour around with the stonemason. It was fascinating, the different kinds of stone that were there, the different carvings, the different periods, when, what was built in 1000, 700, 1200, the Victorian stuff, what they're doing now. Abs I absolutely loved it. And unlike most apprenticeships, because most apprenticeships now at the tech are kind of a couple of years, I think, or they're much shorter, but, but his, his apprenticeship, by the time he finishes the whole thing, it'll be seven years. 
it's a good medieval apprenticeship, right? He's, he's seven years training, and the idea of, of his apprenticeship is when he's done, he'll be like the master mason. He'll be able to do the things the master mason did, does. Did, does, yeah. That's, that's the whole point of it. And we're, we are called to be apprentices of Jesus. I've been an apprentice of Jesus for a long time. I ought to be further on than I am, really, because I'm not I'm definitely not the seven years and exactly like the master. But that's, that's the picture. We're becoming like the master. We're changing. We're still, I hope you're still learning. If we get to the phase where we just kind of turn up to show what side we're on, we've lost something. If that's us, no, no, I want to be learning, Lord. Teach me some more. Make me more like you. That, that hunger to be like the master. And kind of three, three R's I came up with by accident, really. We're called to resemble him. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. You know, when we get challenged, when we have a clash with someone and we have to sort it out, well, what's the whole point of that? It's the Holy Spirit is helping us resemble Jesus. Because an apprentice resembles the master. And then we, we're called to represent him to the world to resemble him and then to represent him and his kingdom in our everyday life and the, the warp and woof of people we meet and so on. And then we're called together to reproduce him, to reproduce, to start the next apprentice off so that he grows to resemble and represent Jesus as well. So that's the three people Jesus is talking to. And what does he command us today? Well, go. That's the first thing. He commands us to go. And I, I looked this up. Believe it or not, I actually looked this up in a dictionary and I learned this. Go means the opposite of stop. So that didn't take me very far. It means not to stay or be stationary. That's more helpful. We can grow kind of stationary in our Christian life. I looked it up in the Theosaurus, which was a lot of fun. Not very helpful, but it was quite fun. It says um, to try to have a fling. <laughs> okay, have a fling in all the world. To give it your best shot. I like that. That's honest. Down to earth, isn't it? Give it your best shot. To use energy. To make progress in a direction, to drive forward, to be released. They're good words, aren't they? And then there was the unhelpful with vim and zing. I didn't really get that. But anyway, vim and zing, good words. And I guess you could summarise it all up with, don't be passive. Don't, don't be passive. Because following Jesus is a progressive thing. There's, there's movement. Don't be passive. It's easy, you know, to end up as a Christian who watches other people go for God, isn't it? To a Christian who watches other people kind of do things at the front, to, to watch other people serving. No, he says, go, go all of you, the doubters, those who don't feel that quite so good about things. No, let's all follow. It's no accident the believers were called followers of the way. The kind of verbs involved in being a Christian. You're following, you're changing, you're being apprenticed. Faith is active, you know, for all of us. It's a good thing to think, well, how is my faith active? Is it, is it active? Is it active in giving? Is it active in worshipping? Is it active in praying? Is it active in witnessing? What's he calling me to do? Exercising my spiritual gifts, serving. They're all verbs. Let's be active. And I think, you know, there's something about this COVID period that we've been through that we're still actually trying to get over that... It's resulted for many people in a rather passive faith. Do you, do you remember how, how it was? You kind of, you come down on Sunday and you think, oh, when's it start? When's it start? 
not when can I go and be with the people of God in his presence, but when does it start? And you, you turn on, it might be on Zoom, it might be recorded, depending on your methodology. You kind of turn it on, you're still in your gym jams, you're not, and, and, and there's church on the screen, and it's the best we could do, and it, I'm grateful, don't get me wrong, but it leads to a certain passivity. You don't even have to get, you don't even have to get dressed to go to church. And, uh, and, and, and then you think, oh, this, this, I'm not sure, not very fond of this song. I'll go in the kitchen and make a cup of coffee. Or, or maybe the guy gets frozen halfway through, he's praising Jesus and he goes, <laughs> on the screen, because you need the loo or you want to hand some biscuits around. Or, all of, or it was horrible and I'm so pleased it's over. <laughs> but, but you know, that, that kind of can get into your head and heart and, and, and church can become a very passive kind of thing. Your Christianity can become something you watch rather than something you are, a journey you're, you're on with Jesus. So let's, let's, let's not be like that. Let's, it needs fighting, really, that kind of passivity. Now, I know if you're tired, there's two things. There's tiredness and weariness. If you're tired, then you need a holiday and a sleep. But there's a weariness that you have to shake off and, and go to Jesus with. Jesus said, come to me, all you that are weary. Those who wait on the Lord will rise up. Like, do you see the difference? There's, there's physical tiredness. Go get some early nights, have a, have a holiday, have a break, have a change. But there's a weariness that is, no, I, I need you afresh, Jesus, because I don't want to be passive. I want to shake it off. I want to, in the AV, I can remember a verse, can't remember where it was, about girding up your loins, which sounds a bit gruesome. But, uh, but it, meant, it meant kind of getting your skirts up so you can run, so you can make progress. Come on, let's get going again. Anyway, that's the end of that point. Let's, let's not be passive as believers. And then the second is related to it, of course. It was go and, in fact, it's the same sentence, go and into all the world. And so my, my second point really is let's get world vision. We have got world vision. We're already really involved in Africa and Rwanda and places, places like that. But let's get world vision. All, all of us as believers. Now, some of us, uh, our home nation is other nations. So it's kind of easy, isn't it? Because we're, we're, we're getting the news. If you've got a nation on, on your heart, make sure on, if you've got a BBC News app, make, make sure you put world news on it. Or, or you can put Africa or Asia. You can get the news from there. And you can pray. You can watch the news and pray. I, I, immediately, and I saw the... Um, there was a, um, some children killed tragically in Thailand this week. Uh, my thought is immediately, I, don't, I know one couple who live in Thailand, but they weren't involved, so I prayed for them. And immediately I prayed for the families of those kids. That were, uh, I prayed for the authorities, I prayed for the police, I prayed for the pastors, if any of them were involved with those families. Because prayer is an intercontinental ballistic weapon. It is, it is. So you can pray, take an interest. When there were floods in Pakistan, I don't know if it's anywhere near any of the three people that I know in Pakistan, but I, I prayed for them. Pray for the pastors, pray for the relief agencies, pray for governments, because, you know, you've only got to look at governments to know they need your prayers. It's obvious, isn't it? Let's, pr let's pray. Get, get world vision in those everyday, ordinary ways. Watch the TV, your news, read a, read a book, pray. Because the gospel is going to all nations. And it doesn't even mean just political nations. It's ethnos is the Greek word, where we get eth ethnicity from, ethnic groups. Going, the gospel of Jesus, the good news of him being saviour and starting a kingdom that goes on forever, that good news will go to every single nation on earth and then the end will come. That's what Jesus said. That's exciting. That's what we're part of. 
I was reading a book last week about how the gospel went along the coast of North Africa and then down the Nile, Nile uh, Delta, different, right down to uh, probably into Sudan, which is quite a long way south. It was just so exciting. And then, and then when the Arabs invaded the north, it went into, they, the, the monastery monks went to Portugal and from there they went to Ireland and, and the Celtic ones came over to the west of England and the Roman Christians came over to the southeast of England. And, and then in the 18th century, we went back down to the middle of Africa. This is the ongoing story of Matthew 28, taking the gospel out. Most people aren't famous Christians. They're people like you and me gossiping about their faith, making friends with people. The gospel will go to all nations. How did it work? Well, it kind of started as Jesus said it would, from in Jerusalem, then in Judea, the area, you know, if this was Jerusalem, Judea would be the area around, the towns around. Samaria would be the people up the road that aren't like you. You know the ones. <laughs> the, ones the ones we live amongst, but they're not like us. The gospel must go to them too, because Jesus loves every nation and then to the ends of the earth. That's why, interestingly, if you look at our little Hope logo, that's why there's concentric circles in it. Not just because Hope's got an O in it, but because the gospel's supposed to go out and out and out and out and out. Teaching people to obey Jesus, starting with baptism, and then all the other stuff, which we won't go into today. That's what's happening. That's the history of Christianity. That's the huge story that you and I are part of. It's exciting. We play a little part, incy part, but an important part in that story. For those who like numbers, which I don't much, but anyway, this, this is exciting. Latin America in 1900 had 50,000 Christians, but in 1970 it had 20 million. Praise God, that's amazing, isn't it? Uh, in Africa, the continent of Africa, in 1900 there were thought to be 10 million Christians, which was 10% of the population. By the year 2000, there were 360 million, which is 45% of the population. Praise God. So, so in Africa, different, different in different nations. Africa is not one place, you understand that. But between, church is growing between 2 and 4%, I'm told. by uh, That was the latest statistics I could find. But you know, there's, an, there's another side to that. That's an exciting side. The challenging side is this. 86, 86% of Muslims, Hindus and Buddhists don't personally, knowingly know a Christian. See, that's the challenge. So there's the excitement and there's, there's the challenge. So we, and, and here's the thing. Quite a number of them live in Worcester. But don't knowingly know a person that loves Jesus. So that's, that's an exciting opportunity and, and a challenge as well. So we go. What does it mean to go to them? It might mean just saying hello. Do you know, you can go downstairs to our, to our afternoon drop-in coffee and meet a couple of Muslim folk who come in for a cup of tea. So you don't have to, you know, you don't have to uh, raise a huge fund and go to another nation if that's not what God's calling to you. You can walk across the end of your road. You can go to your local corner shop and be friendly. Learn someone's story. Tell them some of your story, including a bit about Jesus. That's how disciples are made. So that's the journey we're on. It, worldwide, I don't know what you think of as a typical Christian. I don't know if you've got anything in your mind, typical Christian might, I don't know what it would be. It'd be quite interesting if you had to, it'd be quite fun if we had the time and get everyone drawing a picture of their typical Christian, that we'd have a laugh. I'm sure we'd, that'd be really good fun. But you know, the typical Christian numerically in the world today is conservative, evangelical, Bible-believing, charismatic, believing God for miracles, 
young, poor, and living in Africa uh, uh, or South America. That's the typical Christian. So, so, but we've got our part to play. Our, our part. In fact, our own nation needs re-evangelizing. So that's, that's, that's the talk. What can you do? What can you do? There's just some numbers for those who like numbers. You can pray. Jesus said, it says in the Bible, Psalm 2 verse 8, ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. We can all pray. You can pray for Alex and Dee because you know them. It's much easier to pray for people you know than people you don't know. But you can use the news like I do and pray, pray arrow prayers that way too. But let, commit to pray. Fill in one of the cards and commit to pray. You, you can give. The, the Global South has got 60% now of all Christians, but 17% of the income. What does that mean? It means as the gospel expands and plant more uh, more churches and trying to train more leaders, they need our money. <laughs> That's what it means. So it's great to be exporting hope. But in the last five years, we've trained about 100 church planters and leaders in Uganda and Rwanda. That's, that's great. That's great because they, they need a bit of our dosh, a little bit of our, maybe some Bible knowledge, and then they're going with the gospel more effectively than, than we are. So we can pray, we can give, we can send, and we'll send Alex and Dee, I trust and pray that we'll send them well. Uh, next August and we've got a countdown towards that and then we can all go you say oh you're not sending me to Arabia are you well might do if you're not good no I mean (laughs) no I don't mean that that's just a joke what I mean is you can go tomorrow where you are loads of us will have to go to the office tomorrow but you go representing Jesus you go to college you go to the student union you go across the road Go to a needy neighbour. We can all go where we are. Go into all the world and make disciples. Amen? Right, I'm going to pray because I think we're more than out of time. Yeah. Father, thank you that you've called us as a church to be a doorway of hope. And we want to be that in this building. But as we go out, Lord, we want to open up doorways of hope to those we live and move amongst. Lord, give us the courage to uh, walk across the road or the room, to talk to those we don't know yet, to talk to those who are other than us, to learn other people's stories, to share something of your love and your message. We ask you that you'd help us to do that. And Lord, forgive us if we've excluded ourselves because we feel we don't know much or we have our issues or we've got our doubts. We thank you that you include, include every single one of us in your calling. Thank you, Father, for your welcome into your family. Thank you for the journey we're on to go and make more apprentices for you. We worship you and we love you. We ask you that you'd, as we go, that you'd fill us with your spirit, that you'd give us the courage of our convictions to speak of you, to share you with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the talk. Further information about Hope Church can be found at www.hope-church.org.uk Thank you for listening.